With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the to That's All Right Sports, I guess. I'm Brandon. If I can quote Emmanuel Sanders, we are living in a world of trucks, Perna. Living in a world of suck. So. Oh, wait. He, he said suck. Suck. That makes more sense. The Broncos have started the season 0-3. The Packers are 3-0, living in the opposite of the world of suck. I have to say, this is one of the cleanest uh, games my jersey has ever looked. Uh, I took basically one shot. I hit the ground one time. So I'm ecstatic. Yeah, that's genuine joy. Not the, I'm high on painkillers because I had the shit beat out of me joy we have seen Aaron Rodgers portray before. As much as I love pure joy Aaron Rodgers, I wish he were in the painkiller version because that means the Broncos might have gotten one sack on him. The NFL made an effort to call fewer holding penalties this week, and as a result, Garrett Bowles was not flagged. Yes! We solved the problem! Across the league, holds were down by nearly three calls per game. And yet, the officials still fucked over the Broncos, even when they were directly mandated to not fuck over the Broncos. I'm fine if the Broncos beat themselves, which they mostly did. But when a ref gets duped by Jair Alexander's acting job, that's a hard pill to swallow. And I knew there would be problems when corners started taking Meisner classes. Packers Broncos review. That's good, sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Today's episode is brought to you by Harry's Razors. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and claim your special trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. I use Harry's Razors because my neck fuzz isn't going to shave itself. Harry's provides quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade, and they keep prices low by cutting out the middleman and not with their razors. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Also, exciting news. I have partnered with Blue Wire to turn my That's Good Sports videos into daily podcasts. So make sure you subscribe to That's Good Sports on iTunes or the podcast app or wherever you do podcasts. Uh, if you don't have time to watch my videos, you can now listen to them on your drive or when you're pumping iron whatever. And it also includes the weekly hour-long podcast I do with Will Keys every Thursday. That will not change. We're just adding more. So please, please check it out. All right, I'm going to start positive, then go negative, and then end positive for this recap. Basically, fantasy, truth, fantasy. If you have a problem with that, though, please tell your therapist. 
so she can help you realize as a Broncos fan, you are now classified as a full-fledged masochist. For those who don't enjoy pain and humiliation, I present Dalton Reisner. Between him, Philip Lindsay, Christian McCaffrey, and Austin Eckler, Mr. Colorado's are doing just fine in the NFL. The only reason the Broncos scored this touchdown Sunday was 75% Reisner, 20% Philip Lindsay, and 5% Philip Lindsay's parents for their genetics, allowing their son to be small enough for a lineman from Colorado to pick him up and fling him into the end zone. Talk about an intangible, okay? You've got 40 times, three cone times. Let's add flingability to the combine and see how many invites Philip Lindsay gets then. That was on fourth down. So again, I love uh, the Popetes on Fangio for going for it on fourth. The only dynamic play for the Broncos defense came when Bradley Chubb got overly excited about a false start. That's what happens to a sack-starved pass rusher. A false start is all he has to feed on. And if no sacks appear soon, he will die of starvation. And it doesn't matter how many fish called Wanda Aaron Rodgers puts on ice. Chubb will starve because he doesn't fucking eat fish. He eats sacks, quarterback sacks. The Broncos are losing, and after some research, I found some interesting statistical data that may suggest it's not their fault. Week one, Denver was cursed by the lesbian Raiders fan. Week two, they were cursed by the officials. Week three, they were cursed by Aaron Rodgers' mustache, which canceled out the powers of Brandon McManus's mustache powers and caused a missed extra point. Good thing we're done with that. Oh, 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 fuck. Oh, fuck no. Oh, fuck no. Oh, fuck no. Oh, fuck no. We're fucking doomed. Oh, God. No. Not Gardner. Not the Gardner. Not the Gardner! Not the Gardner! Not the Gardner next week! Not the Gardner next week! Not the Gardner! Not the Gardner! Not the Gardner! Not the Gardner! Okay. I think we got that out of the way. Uh, the good news is Denver set a record on Sunday, becoming the only team in the past 5,000 years to have zero sacks and zero takeaways in the first three games of the season. Sorry, I, I meant 50 years, not 5,000, but if you've been watching football for 50 years, you're Vic Fangio. On the contrary, the Green Bay Packers had six sacks and three takeaways and a head coach whose dad isn't even 50 years old. And as I predicted, the Smiths not only gave Joe Flacco a miserable day, but has all of Broncos country now singing Heaven knows I'm miserable now. After Preston and Zadarius Smith combined for the fifth sack, I said enough! Enough of the Smiths! But that joke isn't funny anymore. <laughs> Actually, it was never funny, but it's a respectable reference. Elijah Wilkinson got worked on Sunday giving up four of the six sacks and seven hurries. That's one sack away from a Michael Schofield performance. The Smiths were in sync, period. Different than when periods sync, but with the same amount of bloodshed. I noticed another weird thing. Denver has too many chicken or the egg type problems. Is there no pass rush because teams are game planning that way or because there is no pass rush? 
Is the offensive line bad in protection? Or does Joe Flacco hold onto the ball just a bit too long? Is Vic Fangio having a hard time coaching from the sideline? Or is the sideline still scared of Vance Joseph? So many things we'll never get to the bottom of. Even with bad pass protection, the offensive line paved the way for 144 rushing yards between Freeman and Lindsey. The defense allowed just one passing touchdown from Aaron Rodgers, which came on a free play, and the Packers only rushed 78 yards. Those three things on paper are great. I would take that every fucking week and tell you I like the chances for a Broncos victory. So why did they lose again? And again, it was mistakes with the side dish of bad officiating and only two touchdowns off of three great offensive drives and a missed extra point. I boiled it down to roughly four plays that fucking killed the Broncos. Play one, Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, they both jump offsides which gave Aaron Rodgers a free play, which I'm pretty sure he thanked the refs for not blowing dead when he pointed at him here. If you watch Aaron Rodgers, you know he is probably the best quarterback in the NFL at doing this. That was in the first three minutes of the game, and Rodgers didn't throw another touchdown for the rest of the day. You could argue that wasn't even a real touchdown. Same way I argue life isn't real after a Broncos loss. The Broncos got the worst case just as they did when the officials negated a great Royce Freeman run for a touchdown. I mentioned the Sanders hold already, but settling for a field goal here was a victory killer. As unfair as that was, a truly, a truly good offense would regroup and punch it into the end zone again. If the Packers or Chiefs or Patriots were in that same situation, you know they would just score another damn touchdown. But I guess I'll take an offense that can't score more than 20 points over a quarterback who openly listens to terrible music like Patrick Mahomes, seen here backstage at a Jonas Brothers concert. You wouldn't catch me dead there, man. Unless uh, Sophia Turner was there. I, re I respect her work. Noah Fant caught his second pass of the game and immediately had the ball ripped away by Jair Alexander. Basically, something that Von Miller would do. Uh, Fant's the third leading receiver on the team, and he has an 81% catch percentage, but he still finds a way to make a mistake every game, whether it's a penalty, a missed block, and now a fumble. And it takes time for tight ends to develop. Don't go too hard on Fant. But my advice to him would be to keep doing the good stuff and stop doing the bad stuff. That's also pretty solid life advice when you think about it. Joe Flacco lost a fumble for the first time this season after Elijah Wilkinson got beat and Preston Smith knocked the ball out of Flacco's hands. Wilkinson actually had a chance to make good and recover the fumble, but ended up letting it slip away like a bar of soap in a prison shower, which I actually recently heard was a myth, just like winning seasons here in Denver. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I think the Packers are a really good team. Their defense is opportunistic, but all three of the Packers' touchdowns were gifted to them by the Broncos. Green Bay didn't score a tug on a single impressive drive, and I haven't even mentioned Josie Jewell getting burned by a fullback that isn't named Jano or Juszczyk. Jewell isn't the fastest linebacker. Oh wait, oh shit, that's the Packers' fullback? Son of a bitch! Another man harnessing the power of the mustache. There's clearly nothing Jewel could have done about that one. Then we have play calling. Uh, Rewatching the game, I am still baffled by the decision to send a three-man rush against Rodgers on third and 15. Not only is it just a three-man rush, you have Demarcus Walker in at nose on that play. Now I know depth is an issue after Wolf went down, 
But in that situation, Walker does not have the size to be effective at nose. The Broncos stopped Green Bay after this, but I found it baffling while it occurred. And all I ask as a fan that if you're going to baffle me, it better be for a touchdown for my team or by trading for a controversial player. Basically, every time something great happens in the Broncos games this season, something bad follows it. Like this play by Joe Flacco on third and six is a big dick play. It's raining. He's backed up on his own goal line, and he throws this floating, dirty laser down the right sideline deep to Cortland Sutton. But basically, for the Broncos, those plays have to turn into touchdowns because two plays later, Joe Flacco threw that disgusting interception where the ball slipped out of his hand and just killed the momentum Denver had just received from that play. Some of the positives. Joe Flacco finished with five rushing yards and moved the sticks on third and three by dropping his shoulder and annihilating any man who dare get in his way. Just call him Flacco the Tank. And he followed that with a throw to Jeff Hyerman, which became part of the Broncos' best drive of the game. Maybe best drive of the season so far. Cortland Sutton had a catch in the red zone. Pretty much every offensive player made a play that drive, including Philip Lindsay walking into the end zone behind a great Elijah Wilkinson block. They took more than seven minutes off the clock, kept Rodgers on the sideline, and tied the game early. And we've seen the Broncos offense put together a few methodical drives like this this season. A lead-changing drive last week, ultimately ruined by officials, one that ended in a Flacco interception, and another in this game stolen by a phantom holding call. The reason for hope is because game-changing negative plays, the ones that have occurred more frequently for Denver, will not persist. Through the course of a season, I think those are outliers and usually even out. At some point, Denver will start getting lucky, start hitting those big plays that go for touchdowns and or turnovers from the Broncos defense that give the offense an easy score like they did for the Packers. Green Bay's running back Aaron Jones only had 19 rushing yards, 10 carries for 1.9 yards per attempt, but also had two of those carries go for touchdowns, which were set up by not bad defensive play from the Broncos, but by great defensive play from the Packers. Offensive mistakes or great Packers defense, it's basically the same fucking thing. The point is, the Broncos defense is not helping the Broncos offense, and the Broncos offense is not really helping the Broncos defense, but neither of them are bad. And that's why we're losing our goddamn minds. None of this makes any sense. I can't figure it out, you can't figure it out. It's like one of those stupid magic eye things. I also really like the way corner Devontae Bosby played. If Bryce Callahan ever returns from his ankle injury, Denver may suddenly have three pretty good corners. Bosby had two excellent pass breakups on third down. Uh, getting third down stops for the Denver defense is a big improvement from week one. Again, the Broncos have caught all the bad breaks in addition to not playing their best football. Even Daniel Jones and as much hyped win yesterday, received blessings from the football gods with a Matt Gay missed field goal and an easy pick six dropped by Tampa. Don't even get me started on Shaq Barrett. I will have no clue if this iteration of the Broncos can win several games in a row this season or be a good team. But if I learned anything from the Smiths, it's... I know it's so No, 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 not, not that one. There we go. There is a light that never goes out. Maybe it's the light of a seedy motel, 
or maybe it's the light of God telling you to go to that seedy motel and just have a little fun. Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports. Please subscribe here on YouTube. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at Brandon Perna if you want to talk football at me there. Also, follow at WillKey6. He helps me write football video things here. And don't forget to check out the That's Good Sports podcast. Go ahead. Make your eyes jealous. <laughs> this is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good.